back. Good morning, everyone. This is Carol Sue, a.k.a. Naughty Boss Live with two... Sisters, hey, good morning, everyone. This is Janice, a.k.a. Wellness Diva 5.0, and <laughs> it is Triumph Tuesday. And yes, I am trying to uh, multitask. And let's just say that uh, there is a new social media outlet that I am very interested in. And we'll get into that at some point. But anyways, Triumph Tuesday. So what are you triumphing over? Now, before we hit the record button and went on, uh, we as we often do, Carolson and I chat about different things. And one thing for me that I know that I've always talked, you know, chatted about this is a routine. So <laughs> I am triumphing getting my routine back in order and spicing it up. So what do I mean about spicing it up? Well, how can I complete or do something that I love to do when I want to do it? Obviously, the first thing in the morning works out better for me. What do you want to triumph over? So I'm going to turn it back to you, Cassie. Oh, thank you, Jan. Yeah, it's really tough when you get out of your element, you get out of your routine because maybe you're in a different location, maybe you're vacationing, maybe you're visiting, maybe uh, you have an illness, maybe you had a divot in your journey uh, that really focused your mindset in a different, kind of a different journey, different area that you had to, that you, like you just couldn't get around it. And that adds a lot of bumps, curves, and sometimes hoops that you got to jump through to try to kind of keep in some sort of pattern that you totally don't lose all that you've worked for. How many of you can relate to that? I know you can. We all do that. A lot of times we equate it around holiday season time where you've worked really hard or springtime preparing for the summertime, that summertime body that everyone talks about, summertime fitness, just that health and wellness. And then Kind of, I always say it's usually when the fall hits and that first holiday, it's like October 31st hits of Halloween with candy and getting off kilter with your health and wellness. And then it's like downhaul, downhill all the way until January 2nd, where supposedly the uh, New Year's resolutions are kicking in. How many of you can relate to that? I think we all can because we've all been there. So how do you balance getting off kilter and not doing your regular routine? Uh, it's okay to get off routine. I'm going to just let it go. A lot of people think, oh my God, how am I going to get back on track? What am I going to do? I can't get to A, B, and C. So what I say is sit down, give yourself about 20 minutes and figure out what of your normal routine that you can accomplish. Okay. Small baby steps to make sure that you're still on track in some way, shape, or form. So if you are used to going to the gym every day and you're not in your area and the gym that you belong to, you know, maybe it's not a national gym, utilize the season. We always, we talked about that last week, utilize the season. It's other than the rainy week that the Northeast has experienced this past week. There are a lot of ways, even within your home, that you do have gym equipment, whether it is a, uh, a can of soup, whether it's some, some hand weights, whether it's stretch bands. And even if you don't have any of those, use your counter, use a chair. They're all different pieces that you can use. And maybe you're not gonna get your full routine in, right? But maybe you can get in 20 minutes. So you're still 
checking off a little piece of your normal routine so you're not totally losing it. Now, what happens from a health and wellness from what you're sticking in your mouth that's going to your gut? Again, you try to stay on track as best you can, but the bottom line is you're supposed to be able to enjoy food. You know that Jan and I do not believe in dieting. We always believe in moderation and eating all pieces of every spectrum of food, even fried food, even though fried food I can't tolerate. Know what you can tolerate and what you can't tolerate. And if you're going to, because I do like my onion rings, have a few of them. Just don't eat the big bowl of them, okay? Uh, if you're one of those, like, you know, once in a while you want that crunchy French fry, well, guess what? You can have crunchy broccoli, you can have crunchy uh, cauliflower. There's all other things that you can. But what if you're staying at somebody else's house? Not a big deal. Offer to go grocery shopping and make sure that you're picking up some of the things that you would normally eat. So you're sort of staying on track. So when you get back to your destination of where that may be your home, you don't feel like, oh, I succumb to totally being off kilter, totally not in my realm, totally not on point and totally not doing what I normally do. If you normally make your bed first thing in the morning, guess what? Regardless of whether you are, even at a hotel, a lot of times because of a lot of the health restrictions, uh, hotels will tell you that they are not servicing your room every day, right? Big deal, make your bed. You make your bed at home, don't you? At least I do, and I know Jan does. That's like the first, that, that's my first mindset of accomplishing something is making my bed. Kind of, kind of silly when you think about it, but it just kind of sets the tone. So regardless of whether I'm staying at someone's home, whether I'm in a hotel, I still make my bed. I do. I'm just one of those. Right. Just my bed. Making the don't bed. you think, Jan? Yeah. Don't you think about taking little bits and pieces of what you normally do and totally not just throwing it all out the window just to keep some sort of routine? That's exactly true, which brings me back to this past weekend. And, you know, obviously we had the hurricane, which wasn't a hurricane, um, although a lot of people in the Northeast um, are without power and all that kind of stuff and lots of damage and stuff. So, but I was asked, <laughs> there was a lot of goodies. Um, and the question was, they said to me, hey, Janice, like, I know that you enjoy the, you know, this cookie or whatever it was. How do you just like, you keep so fit? How do you just stop? And I thought that that was a really interesting question. And so my answer was, I just stop. Like, I'm not going to deny myself if I want to have that cookie. And they're, they're small cookies, you know, like it was a gluten-free uh, Oreo, basically. I had two of them and they're tiny cookies. Um, could I have eaten six or more? Oh yeah, because they're that good. But I don't want to flood my body with sugar, right? You have to know what your limits are. It's not saying you can't have that cookie. It's saying... How can I partake and be a part of what is going on without overindulging? And sometimes overindulging is not the greatest of options. So in, our, in my conversation with this person, I said, you know, <laughs> you have to know what you like and you don't like. 
Now, I know that I like cookies. I've never shied away from that. Um, I personally do not buy them because I know that sometimes temptation overrules every factual thing that I know about this particular item. Like I know what my habits are. I know, for instance, bag of chips cannot be trusted around a bag of chips. I will not buy potato chips. So if you have to kind of dissect that and think of it for a moment, like take a pause and think, okay, I've had these two cookies. Do I want to have two more? And I did contemplate that. So how I contemplate that is um, I know that if I have two more, yes, in that moment, they are going to be delicious. They are going to be so good. And I'm going to be like, mm, mm, mm. guess what? Half an hour later, I'm going to be like, Whoa. I'm not going to feel, feel too good. So I'm going to weigh those out. Like you have to pause, pause for reflection. Even if that means getting up from the table and maybe getting another glass of water, whatever it is, whatever can kind of distract your thoughts. The other thing about New Year's resolutions, and I kind of noticed this the other day and I thought it was interesting. I went into the Hallmark store to buy some thank you cards and <coughs> they have all the Christmas stuff out. I know it, it you know, it, everything is just fast forward. And it, we, we've seen that change of season to the next season and to the next season beyond or holiday or whatnot. And that's been going on for many, many years. But I just want to uh, also interject about, you know, that pause. I don't, for, for me and for what I tell, you know, my customers and clients, yeah, you, you, you want to put a pause, but you still do not want to make yourself feel like you're deprived. So I'm gonna give you an example. Last night, we were kind of debating what we were gonna make for dinner. And I had bought some great looking strawberries and blueberries and one of the healthier desserts to eat that is a little bit lower in calorie that yes, it's got sugar in it, but it's not gonna kill you. And you can actually uh, get the sugar-free version is angel food cake. It's probably one of your least Cal caloric intake, you know, unless you're not eating the whole darn ring, of course. But it's one of those, I call it, you know, I nicknamed it cotton candy cake because it's just got that sticky kind of fluffy, fluffiness like cotton candy. So I knew I already cleaned up, chopped up all the berries, got the blueberries in there. I did not add any added sugar because berries naturally have good sugar with them. And they're tasty and berries are excellent, excellent antioxidants for your body. So I knew I was going to have strawberry short. I mean, it's such a fun dessert. Again, low calories than most of your desserts. Uh, but, you know, it's one of those seasonal things. And they just, I don't know, who doesn't like strawberry shortcake? I know there's a few people that don't, but I absolutely love it. So guess what? We also made rice pilaf. So what I did was I took a double helping of asparagus and I had no rice pilaf because I knew that I was going to have that dessert. So there are ways that you don't even have to quote limit the dessert per se. Think about what you're eating before you get to that dessert. If you're a sweeter and I'm not really a sweet person to eat, you know, well, I am a sweet person, but I'm not a sweet eating person. Uh, it has to be something that really I'm really going to really enjoy it. Otherwise, I'm not even going to waste my time. 
But what I do is I look at what the meal is beforehand and what can I eliminate where I'm not eliminating, you know, that feeling of goodness or fullness. What do I have to do? So I strategize. So I just, it's very simple to me. You usually go after the starch. That's usually the culprit. Which could be corn. On that, corn has no nutritional value whatsoever. People don't realize that. Corn has absolutely no, let me say that again, zero nutritional value. That is Plus correct. starch. And uh, so I'm not a big corn eater, although I do like corn salsa, but I'm not a big corn person. So, you know, if that's your starch, eliminate it. Uh, if it's mashed potatoes, eliminate it. But if you feel like you still, or, or even the rice pilaf, if you feel like you need that extra, they do make a great cauliflower, kind of like rice pilaf, but it's cauliflower. There's all kind of good alternatives and healthy alternatives that's still going to give you that colorful rainbow on your plate that is going to be, remember, your meat or, you know, whatever your protein is should be no bigger than your fist. And then usually have portions of that uh, for the starch. So eliminate the starch and double up on your veggies. So you're still getting that full feeling. Spinach is another awesome vegetable that you can fill up and it does fill you up and it's full of protein. So there are other ways that you could skirt around what's on your plate to combat that delicious dessert that you're gonna eat. You just have to think about it. So it's either pause and reflect and know that, hey, I'm gonna go with Oh, we froze. Okay. It's called planning. It's called organization. And a lot of people don't do that. Like a lot of times if I'm going out to eat, a lot of people crack up when I do this. The dessert menu first. Now, when I'm be the first to tell you, like he rolls his eyeballs, he goes, she'll order a dessert and she takes one bite and I get stuck eating it, which is true. But I still like that sweetness. But dessert, they're more, they're rich, obviously richer than what you're making at home. So I can't eat a whole thing. I just, my, my, di my digestion system as I've aged, just like, I cannot eat, even eat a whole piece of cheesecake. And for me, 20 years ago, I would have looked at my future self and said, what are you like, what are you crazy? I absolutely love cheesecake. It's one of my favorite desserts, but I cannot, it's too rich. I can't eat it like that anymore. But could I eat a bite or two or three? Yeah, I could. So when I'm out to eat, dessert is a no-brainer because I'm usually only eating like two, three, maybe four tastes of whatever that dessert is. Generally speaking, it's only two. But when I'm at home, I'm usually making something that I know that I enjoy that has a little lower calorie content, a little less sugar. So I'm going to compensate it by removing something from my plate. Right. And is it plate worthy? I always ask myself, hmm, is that plate worthy? Now, for instance, when we go out to dinner, typically now, Gary, unless Gary, uh, because I hate seafood. So when we go out, Gary doesn't like to order seafood. But if he doesn't order seafood, we will order a meal together. <laughs> and it, that just works out perfect for us. And speaking of, um, you know, you had mentioned about, um, I think it was uh, produce or something, or, or maybe I was thinking of produce, whatever it was. But Poppy's refrigerator is filled with produce. So now we have the task of obviously overabundance. Um, that could be a good thing. So we're gonna be bringing some produce up Tina's way. 
Um, but we will be doing the freezing uh, of um, vegetables today. And the other thing that is in Poppy's refrigerator, and I crack up every time I see it, is the, uh, the celery juice and the celery packets that you bought. Yes, that's actually, I don't know, is it celery juice or is it cabbage juice? I think it's cabbage. Uh, uh, I'm not sure. I thought it was celery, but you know, yeah, whatever. I think, it, I think it's the cabbage juice because cabbage juice is very healthy for uh, to take any acid out of your gut and it alkalizes your whole system. And it's one of those things where uh, it's just one of those healthy drinks that I drink. Does it taste like cabbage? Yes, it does. Uh, so it, it can be a little, uh, for some people will say it's a little stinky, um, but I'll put it over ice, make sure it's nice and cold. And I put it over ice and sometimes I'll add just a hint of cranberry juice to it. But most of the time I just drink it straight up. Just get it in there and get it in good. Because you know, a lot of times people don't realize a lot of things that are really healthy for us don't necessarily always taste the best. There are ways to kind of skirt around it a little bit. Um, one of the most uh, nutritional first steps in the morning besides our, uh, our my gut program is warm lemon water. Now I have to be careful again because of the acidity. Don't do it every morning. It is a great uh, way to, again, uh, kind of cleanse your body, kind of do a natural detox on a daily. A lot of people say, oh, you know, you go through a cleanse a month. The problem with doing it once a month is your body is kind of shocked. And, and usually when you're doing a really good, good cleanse, you're not late. You, you want to make sure you're close to the bathroom. However, you can do a daily, you know, because it, when you think about it, it's not a cleanse. It's not just about what we're eating. It's the air we breathe in, the chemicals, you know, test spray for mosquitoes. There's all the stuff that's in the air, uh, pollutants and all that. So you're constantly, constantly, uh, even uh, detoxing your, 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 your nose with like a doing a rinse because of all the stuff that you're breathing in. So there's many different of detoxing every day in a more uh, condensed version. So your body is always knowing, okay, I'm, 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 I'm getting rid of that junk. I'm getting rid of the germs. I'm getting rid of the chemicals and the toxins. Uh, there's some great products out there that can assist you with that. Or there's also good old fashioned home remedies. Just Google, you know, healthy, organic, um, you know, even with vegetables and fruits and, and different spices on ways to, to detox, because that way, like I said, you're kind of detoxing on the, on the daily instead of that one time frame where it's more condensed, where you've consumed more toxins and it takes a little bit longer for your body to get rid of that crap. But, and you will notice it, you will notice it with your skin. And that's why uh, hydration is so important because hydration is a form of detoxing your body because what you're putting in, obviously our bodies are made of, you know, I can't remember the percentage, 77 percent of water. You want to uh, replenish, but you also want to get rid of uh, anything that's built up in your skin, your hair, your, your, your whole system. And when you think of, you think of your your, your body is such a fine machine that we talk about it all the time for your, your immune system and what diseases you're fighting off of. Hydration is key to keeping it like really running sharp. Hydration. Yes, hydration is very important. Take your body weight, divide it in half, and that's how many ounces you should have. If you, however, 
there's always an exception to the rule. If you are in that 100 ounce mark or above, always, always check with your healthcare provider because sometimes when you do that and you're on different medications, you're gonna throw everything off. So before you begin to do any type of drastic measure or change, make sure you check with your healthcare provider. So on this Triumph Tuesday, I was, I was almost going to say Mindset Monday, and obviously we ended up not being on yesterday because of the storm and everything happening. And again, we are all fine, so we are grateful for that. Um, but just a little chat about mindset for a moment. How is your mindset today? How are you going to go out and tackle the world? What can you do? How about gratitude? That not only makes the person or the recipient feel amazing, but how good are you going to feel when you bring that joy or venture into somebody else's life? Absolutely. I love that. You know, we, we talk about that in, in more depth on, but gratitude is one of the greatest of all human beings. Uh, like you said, from this side, from the giver. And it's so fun to watch somebody else, something that you did. That's what brings you joy. For the pat on the back, hey, you did good, or, you know. I help this person out. It, it's not about that. It's really about seeing the joy that they receive from un, unexpected. And, um, you know, I was a, uh, a giver of that this week, you know, with all that's going on in the world in New England, you know, really pushing forward with these mass mandates. And God knows we know, you know, what's coming after that fact. A lot of people are really, a lot of families are really discerning uh, over the next few days of whether they're sending their children to school. For some, it's not a choice. Uh, they don't have the extra care or they cannot homeschool. Maybe they work out of the home and it just is not doable and they don't have. I do know there's a lot of districts, uh, families that are getting together and they're forming different pod groups, you know, for the different age groups, the different by, by grade. Um, you know, and it's a big decision because, you know, ultimately it's kind of the rite of passing when that parent sends that child off with really giving up uh, they're or not giving up, but giving and hoping and trusting that where they're sending their child, what school system they're sending that child, that they're trusting that school system, that they are going to have the utmost respect, the utmost um, gratefulness that they have that student within their district and, the, and that, that they're going to be taught well and treated well. You know, we're living in different times right now. And these different decisions that most generations were not dealt with are being dealt with right now, and it's scary. So, uh, you know, I was uh, able to be able to assist in uh, helping setting up school uh, because we are sadly predicting about 99.9% that Massachusetts in particular is to be forcing the issue. And I think about, um, sadly, someone that I love was confronted by someone who basically used the term boo-hoo-hoo, so your child has to wear a mask. And I thought to myself, first of all, I was immature, very immature way of explaining that. But in addition, a lot of people do not realize the contaminants. And yes, the contaminants that are on a face mask. 
So I'm going to give you an example. Your child wears a mask, and this applies to adults too, if you really watch an adult and how many times they actually touch the outside of the mask. First off, and, and this is my opinion, but I do believe I've got data to support that. There is nothing that, there's no data out there that actually shows beyond a preponderance of a doubt or you know actual concrete data that proves that masks works. works. So I'm gonna say that right off the bat. It's sometimes that's a touchy subject for people, but the truth, uh, I've said that from the get-go. But let's walk through a day of a child. They go to, they get on the, the bus, they have to wear the mask. We know that, yes, the, the bus companies are doing a great job cleaning them, like the airlines, but there's still, you know, germs are germs, and you should be exposed to some germs. They've touched their, their backpack, their lunch bag, whatever it is, they're touching their mask. They get off the bus, they're touching railings. Now they go into a school system, got their mask on, right? They go into that classroom. Again, they've got to hang up their bag. So they're touching a hook. The cubicles, like at it, right? Now that child in the mask for say you know, an hour, an hour and a half, it's, it's bathroom break. They go into the bathroom, and a lot of people don't realize everyone was under the assumption with having a hair dryer, meaning the dryer that dries your hair, was more germ effective, germ proof than paper towels. Wrong, and it is false. Let me tell you. There are particles that are fecal metal particles that come up the toilet, what they call the toilet flume. I know it's not necessarily the most pleasant thing to talk about, but it's just a fact. It gets in the air, just like chemicals get in the air outside. Chemicals get in the air and or dangerous germs, fecal germs, because they're tiny particles, get in the air. Now you've got that child using their hands to dry their hand off. Well, guess what? That dryer is a circulation of air within that bathroom so it's taking all those fume fecal germ particles and aerating it through the hand dryer now what happens the child washes their hands puts their hand under the dryer what's the next thing they do they probably have to adjust their mask so all the germs on the outside of the mask can lead to pneumonia lyme disease strep a whole list of some yucky things that I didn't want to get into. Now it's on the outside of the mask. Now they go back into that classroom again. They're touching that. They're touching their books, their pencils, their desks. And this vicious cycle goes on until the time that now they got to get back on the bus. And now they've, the amount of germs, and there's an actual study. And I will, um, we will make sure that it's posted of an actual study that was done from a brand new mask that a child wore for six hours and several children. So it's not just one child. And they did an actual test of what were the contaminants that were on the outside of the mask that your child is constantly touching. That's child abuse in my, my mind. Um, and I think anyone that pushes this from the teachers union to different state governments to, to, to local governments and even to the school systems. Shame on you because this is child abuse. There's no other way. And sadly, those people that are pushing this are accomplices to these poor children if they come down with any of these kinds of disgusting things that would be coming down with, from the dangers of the exposure of all the germs. They are more likely to come down with 
something that's on the mask versus the actual virus. People have to think about it. So with choice, many parents are to homeschool. Now, the other key piece that many people may not realize, and I know this is going on in the state of Massachusetts, is they have a dental first. So they're, they're, their dangling is we're going to mask up. That's that's the what is being proposed this morning at 9 a.m. Mask up until October 1st, and we will reassess. Do you honestly believe, once they mandate this, that they're going to change the tune October 1st? Not going to happen. And secondly, the reason why that date is so important is because if you, as a parent, decide to withdraw your child before October 1st, that school, that district loses the funding for the next school year. And in Charlton, uh, you know, it's roughly $15,000 per pupil. That's a lot of money. You think about 10 children who decide, their parents decide they're not going to, that's $150,000. We're talking about this impact millions, which then, because there's a domino effect, is going to impact that particular town. These are all things that people have to think about, but they don't. It's all about control. And my opinion, this has never been about a virus. This is never about, about health and wellness. I'm going to just leave it at that. Okay. Yes. And, you know, you bring up some great points there for sure. You know, look in your low look in your local school districts and, you know, see what is going on. That's how you get informed and how you can participate. Um, and hopefully if you do participate and gather the necessary things that, you know, you may want to look into that you're not really sure about, ask the questions because um, they work for you. It's not the other way around. On that note, try contrary, contrary, contrary to what they think. You're absolutely right. Great, great uh, input on that, Jim. Thank you. Thank you. And on that note, Triumph Tuesday, make it a good one. And we will be back tomorrow for Wealth Wellness Wednesday. My name is Janice, aka Wellness Diva 5.0. And yes, it's a sunny day. And I am with two. Sisters, and this is Carol, aka Naughty Bars, live, getting ready to jump on that 9 a.m. meeting. I do have a link posted on my personal page. Get informed, be informed, then you're a more informed parent and make those tough decisions. And remember, you're not alone. There's many other parents out there that are fighting the same battles you are. Hook up with them, lock arms, and be a force to be reckoned with. Without for Wealth Wellness Wednesday, where we're going to a lot about gratitude and how you can pay it forward. Take care, everyone. Bye, everyone.